Hello, and welcome to this bonus episode of Common Mystics, Mystics in the Making. I'm Jennifer James. I'm Jill Stanley. We're psychics. We're sisters. And we are Common Mystics, and we're here today to talk to you a little bit about our mother, Stella. Jen, will you refresh the audience's memory regarding why we're doing these bonus pods? Yeah, absolutely. After we did our first episode of Common Mystics, we shared it with family and friends, and they thought that it would be really helpful for listeners to hear a little bit more about us and our origin story and how we ourselves, quote unquote, became psychic. Mm -hmm. And as we said before, it really isn't about us becoming psychic. We just had the benefit of being around women, strong women who dabbled and were very connected to the spiritual side of life. Right. Who raised us, really, with an eclectic sort of approach to the spiritual world. So, Jen, tell us a little bit about Stella, our mother, and her origin story. Well, both of her parents were Polish and lived in Poland before World War II. But during World War II, they were in Germany in a work camp, and that's where they met. After the war, they moved to Belgium, and that's where our mother was born. So her English name is Stella, but her Polish name is Stanisława, and she went by Stash. She likes Stash or Stasha. Yes. So her mother, our grandma Irene, was a very strict Catholic. Mm-hmm. And if you want to know more about our grandma Irene, she also had a profound influence on our upbringing, and we actually have a bonus pod about her, so look that up. But our mother pushed against that whole strict Catholicism, wouldn't you say? I would. I think that she saw it as a great foundation, but she encouraged us not to take what people told us as truth, but to see if it fits with how we felt about what we were being told. Right. Be critical thinkers and have an open mind at the same time. And so she really developed a very eclectic spirituality, wouldn't you say? I would. So she took us to shaman. Mm Mm-hmm. She took us to spiritual healers. It's true. We saw palm readers. Coffee ground readers. Yes, we sure did. Psychics all All the the time. Like every day. No, not every day, but like every other. She had friends that were psychic, like just like over for tea. Right. So psychics were always coming to our house or or we were going to other places to get psychic readings. So that was huge. But also um, she did retain some elements of Catholicism. Right. For instance, she had a really strong devotion to St. Michael the Archangel. And the Blessed Virgin. She did. And she took us to the local shrines. And if there was a crying Madonna in the Chicagoland area, we we were there. there. (laughs) Right, exactly. Do you want to talk about what you would describe as mom's expertise? Mom was an astrologer, Mm. and she was an astrologer before there were computer programs that did all the work for you. Ouch. Well, it's true. Like these days, all you have to do is put in someone's date of birth, time of birth, location, and it will spit out a chart that shows where the planets were, and it will also split out spit out an interpretation for you right not our mother not our mother she would lay down on the rec room carpet with all of these books in front of her and then by hand she would do the math the geometry behind where the planets were in the sky at the time of someone's birth and then she would use her intuition to interpret that information and based on that natal chart she was able to give someone a personalized horoscope in modern day and that's called a progression right so she spent a lot of time doing astrology and because she could do it because she had this gift she did everybody's right Mm -hmm. she did mine she did yours she she did charts for all of her kids 
and her own siblings and her parents. Right. It was very special. It was. It was. So there was a time in 1985 that I remember pretty distinctly that mom found a, a commonality between the events in some of the charts that she was doing. So in February, there was something big that she saw in her chart and her parents' chart and two of her sisters, Jeannie and Janet. And so I remember her talking to grandma about this and she was like, mom, it's going to be big. It's going to impact you and dad and it's going to impact me and it's going to impact Jan and it's going to impact Jeannie, but it's not going to impact Irene. Our aunt Irene. Right. Right. And um, grandma was like, well, what is it? And mom was like, well, hell if I know, but it's going to be big. (laughs) So come to find out in February of the following year, what happened was grandma's house burned down. And that house was a four flat. And grandma and grandpa obviously lived in the house, but also Janet and Jeannie lived in that house. So they lost their homes and almost everything. And then my mother, our mom, was affected because grandma and grandpa and Jeannie came to live with us Mm -hmm. at that time. So um, that was huge. That's crazy. It is crazy. One of my favorite astrology stories um, about mom was Sonia, Jessica, and I, our sister Jessica, and I were watching The Man Who Saw Tomorrow. And we were, The Man Who Saw Tomorrow is an old movie with Orson Welles. And Orson Welles is narrating Nostradamus quatrains in the scariest possible way. (laughs) It is freaky, but it's from the 80s, and it's very dated today. It is freaky today. If you watch it today. Don't watch it today. You should watch it today. Do not follow that (laughs) recommendation. It is creepy. So I'm pausing the movie downstairs while mom's upstairs, and I'm giving her the positions of where the planets are at a specific event as Nostradamus describes it Mm -hmm. in a quatrain so i'm giving her the planets and what this was supposed to be the position of the planets of this time was when there was an attack on the new city that they interpreted as new york right so i'm yelling where the planets are and she's like say that again and i'm saying well this and this and this and she's like and what year and i said 2000 she said well that's not what i'm seeing she's like based on my books that's 2001 Say it again. And I'm like, Mom, this is what it is. And so she was right because the attack on the new city based on that quatrain, I think, could be describing 9-11, which, of course, happened in 2001. Wow. That's crazy. That is crazy. Crazy talented. What else did she do? (laughs) Mom also did earth magic. Mm, Share. Do tell. (laughs) Well, I remember one time I was in high school and I came home and lo and behold, our mother is on the front porch and she's washing the front porch and she's got one of those scrub brushes with a long handle on it and she's scrubbing and she's pouring onto the front porch lye. You know what lye is? I do. It's extremely caustic. So she's pouring this caustic liquid on the front porch, and she's scrubbing, but she's scrubbing in a very systematic way, stroke by stroke, from the, from the house end to the street end, right? Do you see it? Mm-hmm. So stroke by stroke, the front porch and all the way down the stairs, across the sidewalk, all the way to the street. So I come home, and I see this 
very unusual sight. <laughs> and I'm most concerned about what the neighbors are thinking. But you know what? I didn't interrupt her because she looked like she was into it. Do you know what I mean? I do. Like she was in the zone and she was muttering something that I couldn't understand. So I like gave her some space. <laughs> the you old know. girl's finally cracked. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Afterwards, I was like, um, what was that? And she said that she did a spell to keep our dad out of the house. And what you have to know about our dad was they were separated, almost divorced. And uh, not long afterwards, the divorce was final and he actually left town. So hmm. there's that. Effective. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of my favorite stories about mom and her earth magic is I um, – Came home from Sonia's house. Big shout out to Sonia on this episode. And I go through the front door and I walk through the house to the kitchen. And my mom, my sister, my sister's boyfriend, and my cousin are sitting in a circle, palm to palm, but not touching palms. Just the palms facing each other. And their eyes are closed and it's quiet. And I was like, hey, (laughs) hey, guys, what you doing? (laughs) And one of my sister's boyfriend's eyes opened, and he muttered, we're feeling our life force. And I was like, oh, I'm going to – I'm just going to leave it to it. Well, that explains everything. <laughs> so, like, I'm just – that great. Call me when you're done. Don't want to interrupt you. And I just kind of walked out of the house oh, backwards. That is awesome. Thank you for that. Mm. <laughs> Ma also had some psychic abilities. Tell me. <laughs> well, I'll go first. You know, later in life, she dated a man named Frank. Mm. And Frank was a widower. And Frank also was very proud of the fact that he took care of how many graves? 24 graves. 24 graves at Resurrection Cemetery. So shout out to Frank. Mm. Thanks, Frank. Anyway. We love you. So uh, Frank and Mom were at Resurrection Cemetery, and they were checking out the graves, you know, because he took care of them. Right. And they were at his his late wife's grave, and he and Mom were kind of sitting quietly in the car and just contemplating, you know. I mean, it was it's a sad situation right. to be in. So they're sitting in the cemetery, Resurrection, Mom and Frank quietly in the car. And she suddenly looks at him and says, such a pain in the ass and frank looked stunned and he said why would you say that to me inappropriate right and she said it just popped into my head and i had to say it and he said you know my wife used to say that to me all the time and it was for them a term of endearment And I remember that Frank would repeat this story because he was so impressed that mom was able to psychically pick up on something so personal. Right. I got goosebumps. I did. You're welcome. (laughs) One of my favorite stories about mom getting something just popping into her head is kind of a sad one. It's when um, Aunt Jeannie died and she was really close with Jeannie. And Jeannie died suddenly, unexpectedly, out of nowhere. It was like left field. And no one can figure out why. At the age of 43. Yeah, she was 43. And she was found in her bathroom, and she collapsed, and she couldn't breathe. But no one knew why. And so before the autopsy came back, 
mom was at grandma's house laying on the couch and it was bothering her like what happened she had just gone to the doctor a couple days before like what is this and just popped in her head left lung left lung and mom knew that there was a blood clot in her left lung and she told me that before the autopsy came back and um sure enough the autopsy came back confirming that she died from a lung clot a lung clot in her left lung a blood uh, thank you clots. i knew it sounded funny <laughs> you got it we got you we got you thank you you're welcome so i also love that mom had such spiritual strength and you have a couple of really good stories to exemplify that so let me give you a little background our aunt janet love her dearly little crazy <laughs> just to tell you um in a good way, but she cares about people so much that she had gone out of her way when I was having trouble as a teenager to try to seek protection and spiritual strength for me. So I came home from school one day, and this is during a time where Janet was living with us because we had the basement apartment, and I walk in the back door, and Janet's in the hallway saying uh, with her dog, who they live downstairs, and she said, you know what, you're going to be okay. And I was like, well, thanks. And she goes, no, my friend, she did something for you and prayed about you. And I know you're going to be fine. Now, tell us a little bit about this friend she was talking about. So her friend, who we shall not name, because the last time we used her name in a conversation, she called us and told us to stop talking about her. True story. Really creepy. And she um, has been known to dabble in things that we don't and would not recommend. Specifically... Santeria and those kind of spiritual arts dark arts you're right so I'm like oh okay so Janet goes to work that day and I go down to her apartment knock on the door and I'm like hey cousin can you fetch me (laughs) what your mom was talking about that her friend did for me and so my cousin brings me a little four inch statue of Saint Michael and I'm looking at this thing and I'm like well this doesn't seem right so I bring it upstairs, charge it upstairs to mom. And I'm like, hey, mom, Janet said that I'm going to be okay because her friend did this in for me. And mom said, go to my room, get the holy water from my headboard, and bring me a compact, an old compact case, like a makeup compact, like an old cover girl mm-hmm. pressed mm-hmm. powder case. So what did it look like? Describe this little statue. So it was four inches tall. And it was a statue of St. Michael. There was a, a piece of paper with some writing in it taped to the bottom, but also the statue is t- itself was taped. Mm. It was wounded tape, almost like a mummy. Oh. So I hand it to mom, and mom is saying something, cuts open. I don't know what she was saying. Was cutting open the tape. She's dipping St. Michael into the holy water, gives St. Michael back to my cousin to put it back where she had found it, then takes the piece of paper that was taped underneath St. Michael, puts it in the compact, facing the writing on it, facing the mirror image, closes it. Facing the mirror part of the compact. Yes, closes it, hands it to me, and said, put it in the freezer and don't touch it. And I was like, okay. I don't know what she did, how she knew what to do, what she did, but I'm fine. And I was okay, but that was scary. And she, I remember her telling me um, that it wasn't right. St. Michael should never have his wings bound. Wow. Yeah. Now I have goosebumps. Mm. It's your mama. 
that's your mama. So tell me about the story. Um, when oh yes, I don't want to give it away. Oh, so yes. just explain it. Okay. So I am sensitive to energy. If you and sometimes I don't know if I'm just being crazy because I have anxiety. Sure. I don't know. Um, as a test to that. I was living in a uh, townhouse with mom and I had our dog Kindle with us and Kindle is a German shepherd mutt and her ears are very flapsity and not standing up because they were never Never clipped. So if Kindle hears a noise, Kindle's ears will react to that noise. So I'm like, hey girl, we're sleeping in my room tonight, me and you, because I kept hearing things outside my door. So I bring Kindle in my room and I'm laying in bed and I'm hearing things and I look at Kindle and her ears are up and she's looking at the door. And I was hearing as if someone was walking back and forth outside my bedroom door. And I was like, screw this girl, we're going to mom's room. I was like, nah-uh. So I run out of the room, Kindle in tow, and I jump in mom's bed and I'm like, mom, there's a ghost, mom, there's a ghost. And then all of a sudden her blinds, she had vertical blinds on her window and her windows closed, start rattling. And I don't mean like I walked by it and it was like the wind blew a couple, like they, it was like someone was disturbing these blinds. And I'm like, I, I told you, I'm like, it's something's happening. And she goes enough. And I thought she was talking to me. So I was like, okay, but there's a ghost in the room. And then the blinds started moving faster and more violently. And she said, I said enough. And they stopped. And I was like, yeah. It's like, you tell them. Get out of here. What I love about that story is that mom wasn't surprised (laughs) by you jumping in her bed, but also that there was a ghost rattling her blinds. She wasn't scared. And she took command she did. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. That is impressive. That's why I run to her room at night. <laughs> That's why I do that. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't blame you. Jen, I know mom will be gone four years this year. Yeah. So although she's been gone, have you experienced her love and her spirit in your life since then? Absolutely. And – you know, I am I am one hundred percent positive that I can communicate with mom and that she can communicate. There's no question in my mind that it's her. Um, let me give you an example. When I was considering doing this podcast with you, and I was hesitant about it, she but was. but I kept getting these signs that I should do it. So we decided to do it, and I had a conversation with mom in my head, basically. And I could picture her, and she was on my left, clear as day, sitting next to me. And I said, okay, mom, if I'm supposed to do this, you need to help me because I don't know what I'm doing. And she said, Jennifer, I'm going to help you. And I said, great. What about grandma? And mom turned and looked into the light that was shining above her left shoulder. And then she said, your grandmother is going to keep you too safe. And I was like, okay, that that makes sense. What about grandpa? And she said, your grandpa is going to bring the fun. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. What about Jeannie? And she said, Jeannie is going to keep things moving. 
And I was like, okay, so I'll check it out. I I like the sound of this. And then I turned to her and I said, but mom, what if you're just a figment of my imagination? And without skipping a beat, she said, I'm going to give you the figment of my hand upside your head. (laughs) (laughs) And there's so much that's funny about that because that's mom. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what mom would do. And what you would think? No, not at all. I I would not. That's not comforting. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, that's not comforting. I would not imagine my own mother said, like, that's not what I would want to hear from her. I'm I'm asking for some acknowledgments. I hear you. I I see you. You You are important. Right. Yeah. No, she's going to hit me upside the head. That was so her. Mm. And I'm just sure, like, things like that happen, and I know it's mom. I love that. I have a story about I was buying a new car after she had passed away, and I had a thing where if I'm researching a car online and I go to the dealership, I have to see a hawk (laughs) on my way to the dealership specifically for me to know that that was the car I should buy. Because a hawk is your sign for mom. Yes, because the hawk tells me, mom's with me, get this car. So I find a car in Battle Creek, and I didn't see a hawk on the way there, but I'm there, and I'm pretty close to signing the deal. And then I'm like, there's another car in Ann Arbor that's like $1,000 less, and it has less miles on it. So I'm like, I need to go to Ann Arbor, but I'm working. Like, technically, I shouldn't be here. I have a job to do, and I work from home, and someone might notice me just not answering calls. So uh, I was like, okay, I got to go. I didn't see a hawk. I got to go. So I get in my car, and I'm driving as fast as I can to Ann Arbor to look at this car. And I'm looking out the window, and I'm like, come on, Mom. Come on, show me a hawk. And... Without skipping a beat, as if she were sitting right next to me, she said, I don't know about all that, but you need to slow down. And I was like, (laughs) and she was right. I was going a little fast, but it felt like, one, she was in the car with me, like literally in the car with me. And two, again, it's not what I would, if my mom is going to speak to me from beyond the grave, it wouldn't be to stop driving fast. Right. At least not what I would hope, what I would imagine it to be. Right, right. So I did see the hawk right before I got off the expressway, off of 94, and I did end up buying the car and I still have it. Well, thank goodness you you finished up that story. Yes. I was yeah. dying to know. Yes. And just the other day, Oh my gosh, this is so funny. So just the other day, Jen and I are trying, like we're doing a practice recording at my house and Jen was walking around like, where do you want me to sit? And I hear mom in my head as a message to Jennifer, on your ass. (laughs) Again, that was our mom. Mm -hmm. So Jill, what do you say to people who ask you? When I'm having a conversation with like-minded people and they bring up those things that pop into their head that seem to them, it's too good to be true. That their loved one from beyond the grave is really communicating with them. In an effective, personal way. And they think, this is a coincidence. It's what I want to hear. And I'm constantly reminding people, no, that's real. And if you start to listen to it and you're acknowledging like, yeah, that is you, they'll keep doing it more. Right. And you'll have more of those experiences to enrich your life. Absolutely. I think that's great. Hopefully some of our listeners will take that to heart and start to believe that they really do have the ability to Mm -hmm. communicate with their loved ones. They're not gone. They're not. 
Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Jill. Where can people find us? Well, you can find us on our Facebook page, Common Mystics, on our website, commonmystics.net, and on Apple iPod. iPod. God, I'm going to get it right. I'm going to get it right. <laughs> Apple Podcasts. Yes. You can subscribe. You can, <laughs> you can subscribe. You sure can. You can, you can leave us a positive review Do in it. spite of ourselves. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Good night.